and welcome to a brand new episode of Delivering Marketing Joy. I am your host, Kirby Hosman, and joining me today, we all know him. He's a repeat guest. He's a good friend of mine. He's a rock star in the industry. He is a just an amazing content creator. He's the digital media director for Promo Corner. Brandon Petrich, thanks so much for being here, man. Hey, thank you so much, Kirby. Man, there's a lot of things that I am, and uh, I'm pretty proud to be a part of this industry, man. Working for a place that was voted uh, top places to work in 2021 by the PPB magazine. Yeah. You and I now share the rising star deal, man. We we, we love <laughs> this industry. I love all of this, man. So thank you so much for having me on your show. I think fifth time, fourth Seems time. Right. It's oh, let's go with fifth. Somewhere. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> no, dude. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And I want to dig in because um, obviously you and I uh, both pride ourselves on being content creators, right? And we're both believers in the power of consistency in content, especially when it comes to content. So, um, and it was just, you've created over a thousand episodes of promo every day. That is just like a crazy number. Um, and I think it's one of those, say it out loud again, audience, a thousand episodes and we're north of that. So congratulations. That's amazing. Um, but I'm curious to ask this, like, how do you, how long, let's say somebody is getting uh, ready to create either their first piece of content or a new piece of content. Mm -hmm. How long do you have to give a new piece of content to see results? Because I think sometimes we can be impatient. And then on the other side of that, when do you know it's time to pull the plug? <laughs> <laughs> that that question is a lot harder to answer yeah, than yeah. the first one. So I'm going okay. to go to the first one first. Totally. Uh, yeah, so I watched a guy at uh, Speak at Expo uh, I think it was in 2019 or 2020. His name was Kirby Hossman. I don't know if you know him, <laughs> but he uh, he talked about how uh, people would come up to him and talk about his overnight success. And and I think it, it when people don't see how much work goes on before a show hits, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's so hard to create your own content because you want to be viral instantly. But I think DMJ took quite a few weeks to get going, quite a few months. Yeah. Uh, Primary Day took a year to a year and a half to become something that was sold and something that people watched. And, right. and so I don't think that there is like a definitive answer, but I think if you love what you're doing and you're creating that piece of content and you continue to wake up and love mm. creating that piece of content, Go as long as you want. Now, the second question you ask is, mm -hmm. when do you know to pull the plug? When you wake up in the morning and you don't want to make that piece mm -hmm. of content, uh, it, it's not about views. It's not about likes. If you literally do not want to hit record on that camera or edit that piece of content, you got to get it out of there. Mm -hmm. um, now, I will say that there are some pieces of content that, that I have pulled early. Uh, because it starts to either a not resonate anymore with the changes that are happening in the economy. So we obviously all know what happened in 2020 and how we're getting through 2021 and beyond. So when pieces of content that were created uh, in in by Promo Corner in, in, in 2020, we were gearing it towards virtual shows and towards being on sure. camera and trying to get people used to talking face to face like this. Yeah. Uh, those when 2021 came back around and people were starting to see each other face to face again, those pieces of content were no longer relevant. Hmm. So, you know, it's, it's a balance of your want to and relevancy of the content is when you should pull the plug, but how long do you give it to have success? As long as you want to do it, keep going, man, just keep trucking. Yeah. I, I would add to that. I think that's great advice, Brandon. I would also say it's, uh, it's often longer than you think that it's going to take. Right. Um, like I, there is a, something that says, look, if you're going to do it, commit to three to six months, at least mm -hmm. whatever it is, because it's like, 
We don't know. And, and, and one of the things that you and I have talked about separately, I think, is that sometimes we don't know what is going to resonate with the audience, right? Like, so you'll put something together. Uh, I actually was just talking about this today with Dustin here at the office. I said, I'm writing a blog right now that I think is great. So no one is going to care. Um, right. So, but, but by being consistent in that way, if you keep showing up sooner or later, you'll find that, that rhythm, but it, it takes longer than people think. And I think that's the, that's the magic of, of it. If that makes sense to you. Oh, absolutely. And the magic I think is, is you, if you do it long enough and they, and the viewers continue to see your excitement when you're doing yeah. it, yeah, 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 they'll start to get excited for the next episode. And then you create a following. Yeah. Uh, if you're not excited to do it, if you're just doing it because you're doing it there, <laughs> people will see. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's a super great point. That's a great point. Um, okay. So I, I'm curious to know on this next one. I mean, it seems like you mentioned how things changed in the last 18 to 24 months. So it certainly seems like the role of marketing and sales have changed. First of all, uh, do you think that's true? And then second of all, how do you see the, those roles in companies moving forward? So, yeah, I absolutely think that it's changed. And I think social media has helped that. I think um, uh, it, we have a common friend, Dana Zezzo, mm. when we were talking about sales uh, and and him managing salespeople, he said one of the hardest things he had to do was balance the, uh, the quote unquote, older guys and the newer people because he could get those newer people to get out on social media and do much more outside of just the normal sales job, because that's what we do. That's what we were growing up doing. And so, uh, but that falls under the guise of marketing. So you start to look at a lot of people that are putting stuff out on social media and, and Hey, you know, I'm uh, Nick Latour is a great example of this. He posted a picture of him going to a a trip and he's wearing his awesome shoes. So it's a personal post, but he's talking about where he's going for work. Uh, Kenny Ved, he always Mm. does the walking pictures on the, on the tarmac into, into the airplane or on the jetway into the airplane. And those are things that are marketing pieces, but they also turn into sales because now you know who you can go to at those companies that then it turns into a sales. I, I, I uh, as a marketer, I still think there is a black and white line between sales and marketing. Mm. Um, I, I have to constantly battle that with my, even my own job here at Promo Corner. Um, being the digital marketing director, I also still help distributors and suppliers market themselves. And I have to say it that way because we're not creating your sales pipeline. We're giving you the ability to educate your customers that they can come to you for those products. Mm-hmm. That's marketing. Right. <laughs> sales is going out and actually closing the deal and getting right. the ink on paper and all that stuff. So I still think it's black and white, but it is absolutely, there are some blurred lines mm. right now. And I also think going forward to answer your second question, absolutely. It's uh, going back to what I said, uh, salespeople are going to have more of a marketing role. And yeah. so I think is as you go into that field, as we as an industry hire new salespeople, it's not knocking on doors. It's not, uh, you, you know, we're posting on social media. You're constantly the name and the face for your uh, whatever you're representing, right? Whether it's your area, your region, uh, your product, if you're a nation rep, whatever, that's who you are. You're representing that on either social media or in everyday life. And so I just, I worry <laughs> too that because we're mixing the two, uh, the the scales are different. When you weigh marketing, 
you can't say, okay, we're putting a thousand dollars into marketing. And so we need a minimum of a thousand dollars back. You, you, you don't have that scale with marketing. You can punch, 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 and nothing hits in marketing. And you just have to be okay with that. Sales, totally different. You put a thousand dollars of effort in, you, you better be bringing back a minimum of a thousand dollars in right. return. Right. And so I think the scales are different. And so what I hope is that while we are blurring those lines between sales and marketing, we don't blur the scales of result between those two. Hmm. Okay. I like that. That's an interesting, interesting perspective. Cause I definitely think that, um, the li- I agree that the lines have blurred for mm-hmm. sure. And I think that the, the salespeople who I've seen, um, who have seemed to either survived or thrived during this time are the ones who get that, who get mm-hmm. that like, okay, my role has changed. And so now I'm a sales marketer mm-hmm. or, you know, like you said, that th- they've been able to take that on. So that's, that's super interesting. So, uh, I want to jump to, you referenced this earlier too, about the idea of uh, the beginning of this. You guys at Promo Corner were early. You guys, maybe the first, honestly, uh, in the field of online trade shows, when all of this, when everything shut down and everybody was looking around going, what the hell are we going to do? You guys were in on that. So I'm curious to know your perspective. How, how do you see the roles of trade shows moving forward? Do we, do we continue with the online piece of it? Do we go back to what was sort of before, like the normal? What do you think? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do both uh, because we know how easy it is, right? So right. I, and, and I say easy and I don't, mean, I don't mean that to be like, oh, it's so easy to go online. It's not easy, but yeah. uh, we not have to do it right. Out, <laughs> yeah, yeah, to do it right, exactly. <laughs> Uh, we've all kind of figured out that that little dot on our on our cameras and on our phones and on our computers has so much more power. And I would love to see, first of all, I love seeing everybody being back out and personal mm-hmm. again. Yeah. So I think that's fantastic. But I would love to continue the virtual component. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things, and shameless plug, one of the things that we've done here at Promo Corners, we've taken promo show from purely virtual trade shows. We're still going to do virtual trade shows because there's still a need, a want for those because there's still people that can't get out of their office or can't get out to that trade show because something is going on because it doesn't match with their schedule, whatever. And so having that online component is still very vital to them, but to be able to have that physical trade show reach that audience and there's a bridge between. So making hybrid shows, kind of having a correspondent on the floor, if you will, doing, going to the booths and uh, doing interviews live on the show floor. I think that's what we're going to see. Uh, I want to, that's what I, that's where I want to see the blend. So when I say yes, that's the blend. I want in-person shows, but I want there to be a virtual component to every single one. So I like that. Yeah. That makes sense. I, I think that makes a ton of sense. I think, you know, there's, there's certainly things that over the last 18 to 20 months, 24 months, um, as we've talked about before, I'm like, I'm not, it was it three months ago. Was it six months ago? I don't know. Uh, but, but the last 18 to 24 months, uh, there've been some things I think that we've learned or that we've done that we're like, Oh, well, that was actually okay. Maybe we should keep doing that. So I'm, I, my final question for you is really, what's one thing that's changed over the last uh, 18 to 24 months that you're actually excited about? So people doing smaller events, 
Hmm. And, I, and I, I know this sounds weird, but because I'm I'm a massive fan of Expo, I think yeah. getting together and just the pure fire hose of excitement for three to five days in Vegas and seeing everybody lights my year up. Yeah. Um, and I want to keep doing that. But I have seen an emergence of people doing smaller events, getting groups of people together. There was a, a group of ladies that were all in promo that got together in Arizona, rented an Airbnb mm, and just right. crushed it and had a great time together. We've got band together that's coming up soon and, and all of that stuff that, that those guys do. And that's been kind of a smaller event that promo has kind of jumped onto. And I mean, common skew even jumped on it with the, the, the thing you were just at what skew it, camp, called yeah. the skew camp. Yeah. yeah. Though I love those smaller events where a group of people can get, uh, for lack of a better term, intimate with each other and actually get a little bit deeper and do some bigger, bigger things with smaller groups. Uh, mm, I just, I, like I, I think that that is going to be something that's going to be super awesome mm. uh, going forward that you're going to start seeing a, a lot of more people kind of group up. Oh my gosh, Quinn Bowie and what he's doing with his whole living in the van, but mm. also taking his van to all of the trade shows. He now in Colorado, New Mexico, Nevada, Arizona, and California is his area that he covers. Okay. He now has like four or five people that caravan with him. <laughs> and they all will go to locations and set up and do mini trade shows. I think cool. that's so awesome. I think yeah. that's hugely helpful for the distributors that are in those areas that may not get touched by those larger shows. Yeah. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm pumped on more intimate, smaller events going forward. That's I, I like that, man. That's, that's a great perspective. I actually think to a degree that was a trend before, but mm -hmm. that the idea that it's sort of a growing trend outside of the pandemic makes a ton of sense. So that's well said, my man. Well, I appreciate <laughs> you. I appreciate you uh, jumping on here with me. I, I, I got a question for you. I know a lot of people have kind of gotten away from asking you the question, Ron. Nay, nay. I am, I am a repeat guest. I know what I get to do. Nay, nay. <laughs> All right. Sling it at me. So I have always wondered about this because I don't think I could ever work with my family because <laughs> there is that there's a dynamic. Right. Uh, but how do you deal with uh, I mean, because now you have your daughter working with you mm -hmm. and you've had other family members, your wife. And and so what uh, w w when do you stop being the boss and become mm -hmm. dad? Mm, yeah. And I think so. The answer to that is interesting because it's different with each person. Um, so like when Amy, Amy's not been working at the, at the company full time. Um, but our big, our big rule was to just have a, uh, sort of delineation between our roles. Right. So, um, so if it was Amy's project, it was Amy's project. I wasn't micromanaging it. And so that was how we sort of worked, um, with, with Skylar who just joined us a few months ago, started in June. I think it's a, we'll see, right. It's still pretty new. So I don't want to act as if I'm like the expert on how this all works. Um, but I think so far it's been really good. And I think part of that is that, um, you know, Skylar's walking into a role where she sort of, um, a, she's familiar cause she's done a little part-time mm -hmm. gigs with us before she knows my mm -hmm. management style. She knows, you know, I'm not a yeller or a screamer. I don't get worked up about, you know what I mean? Like, so I think she walks in having her eyes open to what she's coming into. So that helps. Number two, I think she knows, I mean, if, if it's in this building, I'm in charge. Um, and so the final, uh, the, the final decision will come with me. Now on the other side, I think it's really important for me 
and, and I work really hard on this because I can be a bit of a bull in a china shop. I know this about myself, right? Because I, like, once I get something I want to go, I've been working really hard to do a better job of listening to the rest of the team and listening to the rest of the team first. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Simon Siddick talks a little bit about this. It's like if you're the leader and you walk in and you go, we've got this problem and here's what I think of how to solve it. What do you think? Well, it's too late because you've already told them the solution and all they have to do is say, yeah, that sounds great. But to tell them the problem and say, what do you think first? That's a thing that I'm trying to shift. And that's been really good. And then the final thing that is knowing that each person, regardless of whether, you know, downstairs we have Emily, we have Caitlin and we have Skylar, all three of them are completely different. Um, and so I do, do try to manage each person differently and Skylar, you know, I've known her all her life. So when she is in a shitty mood, I know it. Um, and, uh, my, my daughters are both in the sense I, when they're in the right frame of mind, they are super coachable when they are not in the right frame of mind, it is a pointless damn exercise to try and coach. And so to me, that's incumbent upon me to, to be able to read and see which, which one I'm dealing with. And so, so far so good, <laughs> right? Um, so I'm work, working on that, but that's where it's been. Uh, and then honestly, uh, I don't know if there's a place where I'm, I'm one time I'm boss and one time I'm dad, it, it's always both. Fair that enough. is awesome, dude. I love that. And good luck to you, man. I hope it <laughs> still stays as smooth as it is. <laughs> I appreciate it. I'll take all the luck I can get. <laughs> all right, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time as always. We'll do it again. And uh, good stuff. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Kirby. All right, buddy. That's going to wrap up this edition of delivering marketing joy. We'll see you next time. 